Welcome to the Avail Podcast, where we dig deep and talk about the art of leadership. My name is Virgil Sierra, and today we'll sit down with Bobby Bogard to discuss what he's learned in over 45 years of ministry, from serving at the senior level in churches to becoming the executive director for Linked International Network of Churches to becoming an author of two books. Bobby's experiences provide a wealth of wisdom. If you're interested in discovering how to approach ministry from a generational perspective, stay with us because you're not going to want to miss this episode. Let's get started. Welcome back, everybody, to the Avail podcast. This is where we dig deep and talk about the art of leadership. I'm excited to get into today's conversation. You guys probably noticed that I'm always excited because we have amazing guests here on the Avail podcast. We have pastors, leaders, global leaders, national leaders, local leaders that are making a difference in so many ways. And today is not going to disappoint on this podcast. For all of you Avail listeners and Avail viewers, Today, we are with Pastor Bobby Bogard. We're talking about a man who's been in ministry for over 45 years. Uh, He has been in uh, senior executive roles and positions uh, at amazing churches like Resurrection Life Church in Grand Rapids, Michigan, also Gateway Church in South Lake, Texas. Uh, I love this man because not only does he exude leadership, but he has a father's heart. His life's calling is to be a father to the fatherless. And he loves approaching ministry from a generational perspective. Pastor Bobby, it's so good to have you here on the Avail Podcast. How are you feeling? Hey, Virgil, doing great. So excited about being here today and being a part and um, maybe just helping a leader here and there. And we'll see how it goes. But yeah, we're 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 excited about life and excited about what the is happening throughout the kingdom of God, man. So, yeah, well, you know, here on the Avail podcast, everything Avail, our heart really is to to help (laughs) ministry leaders, church leaders, pastors, uh, just to help equip them with practical leadership resources and content and advice that's going to help them on the journey. And I know that you're going to do that today with us. So I'm excited to get into this conversation. Before we, before I ask you some questions uh, about your book, Essentials, Bridging the Leadership Gap, before we get into that, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? I want everybody from Avail to just get, get to know who is Bobby Bogart. Yeah. Well, I was raised in a, in a non-Christian home. And um, my junior year in high school, my mom was in a, uh, a marriage and um, my stepdad's twin brother pastored a little church called Gospel Mission Church in Desert, Arkansas. And um, that's, where, that's where Jesus Christ found me. Hmm. And my life was radically transformed. Uh, we went to Bible school, Christ for the Nations in Dallas, met my beautiful Rose of Texas there. <laughs> and um, so we began to do life uh, ministry. We were, we were in thir- uh, about 13 years of uh, youth ministry. And um, then we had the opportunity to plant a church uh, in uh, Shreveport, Louisiana area. Uh, we did that for about four years. We went on staff at Christ for the Nations as a faculty member, kind of helped them build their youth ministry department, uh, launch a thing called Youth for the Nations, which is a mm. summer kind of youth camp uh, thing. And then uh, we served here in, in Michigan for about 13 years as the executive pastor for Resurrection Life Church, found ourselves transitioning back to Texas for about 12 years with Gateway Church, served on their 
senior and executive teams there, um, help them launch their um, network of churches. And then um, about four years ago, we were contacted uh, by Res Life if we would come back up and kind of be the executive director of Linked International Network of Churches. And that's what we're doing. Plus, we also have our, our Bogard Group Ministries, where we help uh, with strategic planning. We help uh, coaching, things of that nature, where we're trying to help pastors and leaders and churches succeed. Yeah. So that's what we're doing. We're having fun doing it. Got a family. <laughs> I got to mention my family. Got a family, uh-huh. great kids, um, three grandsons. And uh, so... I have a daughter and son-in-law in Dallas, and then my son, daughter-in-law, and three grandsons are here with us in, in Michigan. So get to watch the boys play football and a few things like that. That's great. Well, you know, I, I've really loved getting to know you and seeing how the Lord uses you in ministry. Um, been able to go to a few of the Link conferences and events, uh, and what a blessing that is to so many pastors and churches that just find find that community, find some resourcing, and just find some uh, some connections. Um, I want to talk about your book, Bobby, uh, Essentials, Bridging the Leadership Gap. Um, can you talk to us a little bit about why did you write this book and like like the heart behind it and why Bridging the Leadership Gap? Okay. Yeah, I think, you know, throughout the years I've been in ministry, you, of course, you start young in ministry and you're trying to cut your teeth and you're trying to make your mark and, um, you know, do all that God's put in your heart to do. And you, you run with zeal and you run with, you know, fervency. Um, then you begin to age a little bit and get a little bit more seasoned. And, uh, you know, in both in both arenas, there are challenges and there are opportunities hmm. that I think that we have to be cognizant of and aware of. And so, you know, I've sat down with a lot of young leaders and I've sat down with some older leaders and in conversations, um, be able to unearth some things maybe that were hidden or uh, maybe uh, talk about some things that brought on new opportunities in their lives and things of that nature. And so I wrote the book in a sense of, uh, I wrote it from the standpoint of I'm in, you know, I'm in Starbucks uh, with a leader sitting across the table from me and we're Mm -hmm. having a conversation. And that's kind of the style of the book. It's not a really, it's, it's almost a workbook. It's a, you know, study guide. It's a Uh team uh, manual. So uh, it has all kinds of applications to it. I like it. You know, I like I do like how you in the book, you kind of you you gear some advice towards that emerging leader. Right. Young leader or, the, you know, that leader who's kind of getting their feet, beginning to get their feet wet. You also uh, uh, you also speak to the established leader. Uh, and there's a, there's a few things that I that was reading in one of the chapters. And I wanted to see if you can maybe give me a little bit of insight. The first one is emerging leaders. And it says, find something to do and do it. Can, can you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah. Uh, you know, having been a faculty member at Christ for the Nations, um, at one point, I'm not saying this is, a, you know, the the motif or the, the model, but we had a lot of students that would graduate and they were, quote, waiting on God. And 
they're probably still in alumni housing waiting on God, you know. <laughs> uh, so what I found in my life, in my experience, that when, you know, the Bible says, put your hands and put your hands to the to the to the work and and do everything that you do heartily as unto the Lord and just work and he'll bless the work of your hands. But if your hands aren't at work, he's not going to be able to have an opportunity to bless you. And so a lot of young leaders, I think, uh, especially in this emerging generation that we have right now, it's like there's an entitlement attitude that, hey, I don't need to do the work in order to get the position. Mm. Um, I qualify for the position just because right. of who I am. And um, I just think uh, you're a whole lot more successful when you find something to do, you do it. And as people observe you doing it, they, they gain the character, they see your skills, and you just have a whole lot more opportunity for people to help you get to that next season of your life. That's good advice. You also say to the emerging leader, you also say, listen before you speak. Talk to us a little bit about that. <laughs> well, you know, I think as young leaders, we always have an opinion. And mm. sometimes we don't realize uh, the full context of the season that maybe the organization's in that we've joined. Mm. And uh, we come, I remember coming into an organization and um, I was seeing some things that I thought, you know, they needed to change. And mm-hmm. you know, I'm I'm young buck in ministry, so I write out all this stuff and submit it. And it's like, you know, hey, get to the back of the bus, <laughs> you know. Uh, so I think a young leader needs to listen and learn. I mean, we have two ears and one mouth, right? So <laughs> all of us need to listen more for sure. But as a young leader, I think it's it's wise to set listen absorb, uh, gather information. And then as you approach the conversation, uh, you can do it in a manner where you honor, you respect and mm. you have a scope of, of what the context really is. You don't understand the history of the organization, the pain points that the organization has walked right. through, you know, the stress levels that the leaders have carried and you're coming in, fresh, right out of Bible school or wherever you're coming from, uh, you know, and you just need to, you need to listen before you speak. Yeah, this is good. I love this. And and for all the young leaders out there, all the emerging leaders out there, this, this doesn't mean, because I know you, Pastor Bobby, and I know that you're, you are, you are actually a leader who believes in young leaders and emerging leaders. And this is not so much about, oh, young leaders, you have nothing to say. It's about understanding your, your place, kind of your, your position. And you kind of earn that, like you earn your voice as you, as you're doing it. As you're as you're helping push forward the mission and the vision of of the organization, you begin to to gain that voice. But sometimes we just when we're young, we're so impulsive and we want to just say and sometimes when we speak too much, we get in trouble. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, the flip side of that is that as an established leader, I need to be aware of the giftings and talents that God is putting into the organization. Yeah, because the reality is. The future of our organization are the young leaders that we have coming into the pipeline. And so, um, you know, as an emerging leader, I need to put myself in a coaching position rather than a critiquing position. 
That's good. And and what what makes the difference is if I see that young leader and uh, mine out, my, my goal is to mine out their potential mm-hmm. and help them discover the the breadth and the depth of what God is doing in their life and what God can do with their life. But if I just look at them as filling a position, you're my youth pastor. And I never take time to help that youth pastor develop his people skills, his communication mm. skills, how to interact with parents. If I never spend time, then what happens is something emerges in uh, whether it's conflict or uh, some type of you know event that breaks down. Then mm-hmm. I come in and I critique him and I, I critique him based on performance, not on calling. And so I think as a young leader, the reason you want to position yourself, like we've said, doing, listening, uh, serving, that's the heart of Jesus. That's that's number one in leadership is servant leadership. Christian leadership is servant leadership, Mm -hmm. learning to serve, learning to come under. But then as as an established leader, I I want to be sure that I'm mining out and, and grooming that next generation. Because there is a day that I've, I'm going to have to pass the torch. Hmm. Um, I love this conversation for a lot of reasons, Pastor Bob, because I think there's leaders on both sides of this, you know, of this gap. And when we're able, what I've seen is when organizations and leaders are able to bridge this gap, like you, like you talk about in, in your book, um, some major momentum can build. Um, now in, in one of the chapters you specifically talk, uh, I think it's chapter two lanes and plateaus. Uh, you talk about how important it is for leaders to find their sweet spot. Now, now I know, I know that for a lot of people, I know there's people, <laughs> people that are beyond, they, they never found their sweet spot. Can you talk to us a little bit about that, about the importance of finding your sweet spot? Yeah. You know, years ago I was sitting in a, um, I was sitting in a car dealership's office, and we were purchasing a car. And um, there was a picture on the wall, and it had this cross-section of fences. And it had a cow in each pasture. And, like, the cow in this pasture had its head over eating the grass out of this pasture. And the cow in this one had its head over eating over here. So every cow was eating out of the other pasture rather than eating out of the their own, their own grass, you know, in their own space. And that reminds me so much of the reason it's important for us to find our lane is because one of the biggest challenges I think that we face in leadership and ministry is comparison. Mm-hmm. And we're always looking at what's on the other side, what's somebody else doing, what, you know, if I was in that role and man, you, if you do that, I've, I've done that at times and the stress level, you know, and the, yeah. and the, um, the, the self-awareness of who you are, I mean, it just diminishes. But when you find that sweet spot, there's several things that happen. Number one is you're able to be fulfilled and you're able to, to uh, minister in confidence. It's like every man's gift makes room for him. Okay. Mm. So if I'm if I'm running in my lane, I know that God is going to make room for my gift. Mm-hmm. Okay? So I want to I want to bring the best 
me that I can possibly be into the organization that I'm serving. Okay. The second thing that that does is it minimizes my comparison so that now I'm confident to allow other people to come alongside of me Hmm. and I'm more confident to come alongside of them and serve together as a team. And as a team, we can accomplish a whole lot more than if everybody's trying to do what everybody else is trying to do. Does that make sense? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. So that's why I really encourage, you know, people to find their, their sweet spot. And, you know, how do you do that? That's a good question. <laughs> now, how do you find your sweet spot? Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think there's, if I could just maybe. Yeah. Divert here for a second. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple of things I'd recommend. Number one is. Um, have people in your life that can help you. Uh, understand who you are. Mm. Okay. Um, someone that, that is willing to speak truth in love and help you see your blind spots. Uh, the second thing is, you know, there's a lot of great uh, profile tests out there and I think they're great. And I think we should, we should use them and utilize them. Uh, the only qualm I have there is sometimes they become the law of who I am rather than, you know, the Holy Spirit can make corrections in my life and adjust yeah. my strengths and weaknesses. But know, know kind of who God's made you to be. Mm-hmm. Understand, you know, whether you have a communication gift or an administrative gift and value what God has put in your life. So understand what your skill sets are. Look at your experiences because mm-hmm. God puts you in different experiences to shape some of the, the qualities of your life. OK, so what are my experiences? And then thirdly, what are the common doors that get opened up to me for opportunity? What mm-hmm. are those common doors? If you know, if I'm thinking I'm this big speaker, but nobody ever invites me to speak, I might want to get a clue. Right. <laughs> yes. I don't know. That's two cents there. I like that. Well, you know, the reason I like that is because I think it's possible, uh, Bobby, to, to for people to live a long time and not find their sweet spot, you know, or 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 to live a long time, as you were saying, with comparison and try to be in someone else's sweet spot. But it's not it's not really theirs. A sweet spot is not something you force. It should be something that comes naturally. Um, and, and that's so important. I want to I want to. Hey, before we do that, before we leave that, let me yeah, recommend, yeah. let me make, recommend a good book. Yeah, Craig Rochelle years ago wrote a book called Kazone, mm-hmm. and it's just a great book on how to find your lane and how to live in it. So I'd recommend that book. That's a good recommendation. Um, so, chapter three is entitled "Relationships and Attitudes" in your book Essentials. Okay, you mentioned that. A developing leader eventually has to make a choice, solo or squad. Can you talk to us uh, about some of the distinctions between going solo, going squad? Okay. Uh, I think every uh, every successful leader understands that the relationships, Maxwell teaches this, the relationships, those closest to you will make you or break you. Mm. So relationship is so important, who you allow into your life. Um, So 
And then attitude, um, how you approach the opportunities given to you. So relationships and attitude, they're significant into what I call team building. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because if you're God, if you have a God dream, I guarantee you it's bigger than who you are. Mm-hmm. So as an individual, if I jump into my God dream and I just have this attitude that I'm going to do it all, I can do it all. Um, then my mindset leads me down. My attitude leads me down this road of solo ministry. Hmm. Therefore I'm capped by my own skill sets. I'm capped by my own uh, resources mm-hmm. and I'm capped by the relationships, the minimal amount of relationships that I have in my life. Mm-hmm. So if I'm going to run solo in ministry, I'm capping the God dream and I'm locking it into who I am and the capacity that I have. Mm-hmm. Now, if I choose the squad, the squad is about the team, about mm-hmm. the people that come alongside of me and I come alongside of. And the relationships have to be full of trust. You have to build a platform of trust Mm -hmm. uh, in order for a team to really function well. Uh, And so relational capacity has to be developed and maintained and sustained throughout the course of walking together. But the squad, is it, it increases opportunity for us to do God's dream in a much broader scale with much with a broader success, because what happens is we're no longer capped Mm -hmm. because all we have to do is if we get to a plateau, we just have to find the right relationship who brings the right skill sets into the team. And then our team can emerge above that plateau and we can do more. And so the squad is always the best choice for leaders to make and, and, you know, that takes a sense of security and yeah. it takes work. Relationships are work. You yeah. have to manage tension. You have to manage conflict, things of that nature. But it's so much worth bringing the team on board and the work that it takes to build that and sustain it than it is to just go solo. Yeah. You know, I think there's always a temptation, especially when you're starting out, if you're starting out or if you're planning, there's so much you have to, you feel like you have to do. And the honest, God honest truth is you have to do a lot. You have to do almost everything at the beginning, but the key is not staying there, like understanding, wait, there are people with uh, different gift sets. There are people that are more wired for this and that they're actually gonna do better than me. And so understanding that I think is important. Um, You know, the famous, the famous words, uh, I forgot who said it, but if you, if you want to go fast, go alone. And and if you want to go far, you know, bring people with you. Yeah. And so I, th- I think that's, that's the heart of that. And, and really good advice. You mentioned right now, as you were talking about a squad, you mentioned about, you know, tensions and conflict. That's another thing you talk about in the book about how, you know, growing leaders have to learn how to manage tensions. Um, and then you actually make a statement, which, which is kind of like, it's, it's, it's kind of one of those statements. Not everybody wants to amen, but saying that conflict is actually a good thing. 
can, can you go can you go a little bit of, into that because i know a lot of people think conflict no i don't want conflict um tension conflict talk to us a little bit about that okay um i think of the scripture you know iron sharpens iron so one man sharpens another mm. uh, and in any when you get two even two you think about it in marriage when you get two people in the room, there's there is going to be at some point and juncture conflict that arises. Mm-hmm. There's going to be some tension that arises because you're going to see things from a different point of view. OK, now, uh, a lot of leadership teaching addresses this. Uh, a lot of times they're talk they'll talk about a team meeting and they'll say, you know, a good leader will create tension in the room mm-hmm. that we want. We don't want to just go in there and, you know, have everybody salute and come in line and amen the leader's suggestion. Mm-hmm. We need some people that will push back. Uh, and so tension in the room and conflict, I call it conflict because it is, it's a yeah. conflict between opposing ideas uh and, you know, strategy, opposing strategies, how to get something done. There's not just one right way to get everything done. Hmm. You know, there's a lot of different ways you can get things done. So when you have the tension and you have the conflict in the room, then what emerges is the best solution. Okay. What emerges in the conversation is the best strategy. Okay. Uh, and what emerges in the room is team unity because everybody's had a voice. Everybody's had an opportunity to buy in to whatever we're, whatever we're going for and tackling. So um, now, you know, when you have conflict where there's offenses that, that take place, everybody's going to be offended at some point. I've been offended. You've been offended. Um <laughs> uh, and offenses are not necessarily bad things because when you get offended, you start thinking about, uh, you know, either what they did wrong or what you did wrong, what, you know, what happened to me. And it starts this reflection, a process of reflection. Does that make sense? Yeah. And so out of the conflict, um, if I'm committed to the team, and I'm committed to a spirit of unity, the conflict will always bring us to a place where we resolve the conflict, um, whether it's, you know, through mediation or whatever. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying that we can overcome all conflict because even Paul and Barnabas didn't overcome the conflict with John Mark, right? Mm-hmm. But what mm-hmm. we do know is that later on, Mark comes back and joins Paul's team. So right. I wonder what happened in Mark's life through that whole scenario of working through the conflict and rejoining Paul's team and becoming a great team member. So I love that. Um, and I've learned this on my journey. I think <laughs> I think my team sometimes gets scared of me because I've actually learned to, to actually like <clears throat> bringing intention appropriately to cause the team to think farther, uh, to cause all of us to, to get out of our comfort sometimes. And so I think great things happen. That's great advice, uh, for leadership. I wanted to mention, um, something caught my attention. There's a chapter called discipline and lifestyle. Uh, 
and you make a strong statement right at, right at the beginning of this chapter, and you say, every emerging leader must master these four disciplines, finances, time management, health, and growth. Now, obviously, we don't have time to unpack all of these in detail, but why are these four so key? Well, I mean, I think we all know the stories of people that em- embezzled money. Hmm. Uh, we all know the story of people that have, um, you know, uh, been been deceived. They they walk in deception and the breakdown. Those four areas right there hmm. are key areas where the enemy has come in and destroyed a lot of leaders, a lot of teams. And so I just think it's imperative that, especially as a, a, an established leader, I talk about this in the book, as an established leader, I've got some history. I've got some experiences in all of these areas. Hmm. And it is imperative that I sat down with my young leaders and I talk to them about yeah. budgets. I talk to them about how to interact with the opposite sex. You know, I've got to, it's imperative because yeah. if I don't help them find the right foundation, then the enemy at some point in juncture is going to really come in and steal. Um, if you, what I would recommend in any organization is what we call relational oversight. And that is to have one-on-one meetings where, Mm. you know, sometimes even the majority of your meeting is more about the discipleship of the individual Mm -hmm. than it is about the, you know, productivity of the individual. And so as an established leader, I need to be committed to my emerging leaders to help them grow in these areas. Because, again, who needs another story, you know, about these things going haywire? Yeah, you know, one thing I really appreciate about about you and in, in, in the um, in the relationship and the friendship that we've had is you always ask you always ask me questions, and I can tell that you're thinking about my health, <clears throat> and this is important, right? Because I think uh, that's one of the especially high capacity leaders. You know, we can really get going, we can get running, and 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 kind of um, forget to think about you know is is this a healthy choice. Um, and, and I think a lot of leaders are feeling feeling that pain of of sacrificing health. Well, I, you know, coming out of 2020, the emotional health of a lot of our leaders and pastors have really been stretched. And to be honest with you, some of our 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 guys have made it and some guys haven't. You know, mm. uh, some marriages have made it and some marriages haven't um, because of the pressure that that COVID and all the 2020 stuff put on our lives. And it's just sad to me. Uh, And it's not that I'm perfect in any of these areas, but I just know that uh, walking through ministry in 45 years, I've seen some good friends hit the dust. And, you know, a lot of these principles, um, a lot of these things could have been avoided had they been walking in the right principles principles before purpose. Mm. If I have the right principles in my life, I can fulfill my purpose. But if I go after my purpose without the principles being established, then I put myself at jeopardy. 
I love this. I love this. The reason I love this is because I think these types of things can affect leaders at all stages and in all ages and in all size organizations. And when you have the right voices in your corner and you have people that are caring for you, that's why you talk, you know, you talk about the importance of that. And then, and then those, those established leaders that have, have fallen in some of those, you know, potholes and have ran into some of those walls. And, you know, you, you really have a voice to speak into those emerger, emerging younger leaders who haven't been there and you can help them. I think there's something powerful in that. Um, something caught, caught my attention uh, in your book. One of the chapters caught my attention, uh, Pastor Bobby, because you have a chapter entitled F words. So you stress that it is essential for emerging leaders to avoid these F words. Can you share a few of these F words with us? <laughs> Uh, when I, when I titled that chapter, I, I had to laugh. I thought you know, <laughs> at least on Kindle, somebody might read that chapter, the upwards, <laughs> especially in a Christian book, right? <laughs> well, you think about the F words failure. Uh, every one of us have to learn to deal with failure. We're going to fail at some point. And I love, you know, Maxwell's, um, book about failing forward, you know, mm-hmm. um, failure is not fatal. If we mm-hmm. embrace failure for what the purposes that it can serve in my life. So failure is number one. Fatigue is another one. We just talked about that a little bit. I think, you know, uh, running at the right pace emotionally, uh, physically, yeah. running at the right pace spiritually, I mean, we want to we want to charge hell, you know, with a water pistol kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times we we run out of steam and I've seen fatigue set in and really hurt and harm a lot of leaders because they haven't run at the right pace. Right now, you have to understand what that is. You know, uh, we don't put that in there so that you're you're lazy. No, we want to work hard. Yeah, we want to work smart so that we're not fatigued, because when we become fatigued, we make bad decisions. Bad mm-hmm. decisions. And then the third one is fear. Um, you know, fear uh, as leaders, there's always this aspect of, you know, can we do this? Are we going to be successful? Um, and sometimes, you know, you're looking at the finances, you're looking at the growth, <clears throat> you're looking at all these different aspects of stress that come your way. And if you're not careful, uh, you can be fearful and a fearful leader is a fatal leader. Mm. Uh, and then the last one I talk about fraud and that is when, when I've failed or I've been fatigued or, you know, I'm living in fear. A lot of times I become a fraud. Mm. And by that, I mean, I'm, I'm looking to cover up those, those areas of weakness in my life. And if I'm not careful, the enemy uses that cover up to start a seedbed of things that will cause me to fall. And Mm. that's, you know, we don't want any leader to fall. And so I address those things, everything that we're talking about. I mean, in each chapter, we're giving practical advice. Yeah. It's good. How to step into these things, these things, um, and so at the at the end of every chapter two, we're trying to give a, a life example, and then we mm-hmm. try to give you some action items to to take on. So, yeah, I like it because at the end of every chapter it has the little section called "Making It Real," 
where it's kind of like a life application here. Um, and then it has questions, um, some action items for emerging leaders, some action items for established leaders, and then, you know, some highlights from the chapter. This is a really great book. Leaders, you want you want to get a hold of this book, Essentials, Bridging the Leadership Gap by Pastor Bobby Bogart. I have one more question, Pastor Bobby, before I go to, to maybe some random, like random quick answers okay. that I want to get from you. Um, and, and I really appreciate you taking the time with us here on the Avail Podcast because I think uh, your experience in leadership and your love for the Lord and your love for leaders really is apparent. I, I've seen it. Um, and and the question is, you, you know, you talk about it in the book as well, um, the who, you have that chapter, the who in your life is critical. How does a person, you know, how does an emerging leader who says, okay, you know, Bobby says in his book, the who in my life is critical. How do you choose the right mentor? How do you find the right coach? You know, how do you make that connection? How do you know who would be a good fit? Yeah. Okay. So the who comes in many forms. Uh, the who could come in the form of a book, an author. Uh, the who in my life, John Maxwell's been a who in my life. Even though I've only met John a couple times, uh, yeah. he wouldn't know me if we met on the street. He might because he's got that type of mind, but, uh, you know, he can remember a lot of people. Mm. But, um, you know, so the who in my life at a distance is someone like a John Maxwell. But then I need the who in my life that is, like you said, a mentor or coach. Mm -hmm. And really, I think God brings those to us. We mm. just have to recognize them. And we have to recognize when that person's in the room, I want to pay attention. I want to observe. I want to listen. I want to watch how they manage things. So that can be a coach. That could be a teacher. That could be, you know, a boss. Uh, it could be a pastor. So that person, they're, they're closer proximity to me than the book. Okay. But they're, they may not be relational. The, the relational capacity is not to where I can ask them some pretty straightforward questions. Hmm. So then the way that I begin to pull those in is um, as I'm having conversations, I can feel this kind of affinity. And so uh, a lot of times what I'll do is I'll ask people to go out for coffee, go to lunch, you know, and see how the relationship develops. Um you can't just walk up to someone and say, hey, will you be my mentor? <laughs> well, let's see if I can be your mentor. Let's let's have coffee. Let's have lunch. Let's hear your story. Let you hear my story. Let's yeah. see if we're the right fit. And so you, you go after the relationship, not from the aspect of, you know, hey, would you be my coach? But, hey, would you have coffee with me? Can I hear your story? Can I learn what happened? And then... Yeah. I think you'll get that relationship and that's more the mentor coach. And then the last who in your life, I think every one of us needs one or two people. Paul probably, you know, I think Paul's an example. He had, you know, Timothy, he had Titus, he had Luke, you know, there was, there was a few people that were close in proximity to him. He had John, you know, that, that laid on his, uh, you know, his shoulder or whatever, you know, the beloved disciple. Mm -hmm. So there's there's that one person, one or two people that you have a relationship with that you can set across the table. They can look you in the eye and they can hear the depths of your heart, the depths of your soul. And you got to have a who like that, that you can unpack 
anything with. And those are going to be few and far between. But, man, you ought to mine them out, you know, in every season of life. It may be a different person, but in every season of life, there's a who that you need in your life that can know everything about you. So love that. Love that. That's a good word. Um, and I think that's a good encouragement. We all need we all need a, some who's <laughs> in our lives. Um, this has been great. Pastor Bob. Before we tell people a little bit where they can find you and where they can get the book, I'd like to just throw out a couple of questions. Just kind of get your first kind of your first imp- imp- first impulse kind of might be a word or just a sentence. But uh, r- just real quick, uh, when you think about leaders right now, what excites you? What excites me about leaders right now is I'm seeing a generation of young leaders that are hungry. All right. Hungry, hungry, hungry. All right. When you see, when you think about leaders right now, what makes you laugh? (laughs) Oh, what makes me laugh? Some of the social media stuff makes me laugh. (laughs) Okay. Gotcha. We'll leave it there. Uh, And then when you think about leaders right now um, and you only had one topic that you, that, that young leaders need today, one topic that they really need. Authenticity. All right. Authenticity. And then when you think about leaders today, what, what we talked about makes you laugh, makes you excited, what they need, what, what makes you cry? What, what breaks your heart? Man. (laughs) I wish you hadn't asked me that. Hmm. Um, what breaks my heart is that I'm seeing, I'm seeing older leaders hang on too long Mm. and it breaks my heart because there's two things that are happening. Mm. One is the older leader is depriving himself of moving into the stage of a sage. Mm -hmm. Um, because they fear if they let go, they don't know what that future holds, mm. whether it's income, whether it's something to do. And, and then the second thing, what they're doing is they're holding back the next generation of leader that needs to emerge to be the voice mm. for this generation. Does that make sense? Yeah. And that, totally. that, that breaks my heart because I'm, I'm, you know, I'm 66 and there's a lot of people my age. I mean, I still got a lot of fire in my bones, but I have to understand that, Hey, I'm in a season where I need to be passing the baton. I need to be moving into a stage in my life where I'm willing to pour out myself and not necessarily have the position or the, the preaching whatever, you know, Mm -mm. I want to give my life for the next generation. I think that's something that's always moved me in every season of my life. I've always been a generational leader. I'm leading up and I'm leading down. And so I just feel like we need that kind of perspective. So that's, that's so good. That's so good. Um, Pastor Bobby Bogart, where, where can people connect with you, uh, learn more about you, your ministry, and maybe even get the book? Uh, if you go to bogardgroup.com, bogardgroup.com, 
mm-hmm. you can email me at Bobby, B-O-B-B-Y at bogardgroup.com. That's good. That's good. I know uh, on Instagram, it's Bobby underscore Bogard. Facebook, it's Robert Bobby Bogard. If anybody is, uh, those of you who, who like to get on, connect with leaders on social media, uh, so Bogard have, Group. We have a YouTube, Bogard Group Media mm-hmm. uh, on YouTube. We have some teachings and stuff we have on there. So that's great. Love to help any way we can. This is the book, everybody. It is uh, Essentials Bridging the Leadership Gap. Pastor Bobby Bogard and his heart to really connect that gap between emerging leaders and established leaders. Um, before we close off with uh, some final thoughts, Bobby, I wanted to m- mention the Avail Journal. Have you ha- have you had a chance to hold one in your hand? What do you think of the Avail Journal? I get it every month. I love reading through the articles. Uh, yeah, it's a great resource for everybody. Yeah, I want to let everybody know out there, if you haven't done so, you can uh, you can claim your free annual subscription for the Avail Journal. One year will be on us. We, we would want to put this in your hands because if you're a leader and you're in ministry or if you're a pastor or even in the marketplace, uh, there's so much practical, relevant uh, leadership content. And it's just an amazing, it just feels good. It looks good. You don't, you feel bad throwing it away. So you, you're going to want some Avail journals uh, in your life. Availjournal.com, get your free annual subscription. Just, just you could put there, Virgil from Avail told me I can come here and get and claim your free annual subscription. Pastor Bobby, this has been a great conversation. Can can you just maybe close off with, with a final, just from your heart, final thought you want to leave on in any of everybody's hearts? You know, I think, uh, you know, we're seeing a lot of, uh, stress in our culture. Uh, there's a real adversity toward um, the church. And I just feel like, you know, if we look at it from the negative side, we're going to miss the opportunity that's being created. There's a vacuum mm-hmm. that's being created. And uh, I'm watching, I'm, I'm excited because I'm seeing a lot of churches move more into evangelism, move into uh, impacting culture, impacting and serving communities. And um, I think it's an opportunity for the church, much like back when I was brought into the kingdom, we had the, we were right on the he- uh, heels of the Jesus people movement and the charismatic movement. And I just think there's an opportunity for the wind of the Holy spirit to bring revival to our nation uh, like there's never been before. So that's a good word. I like that. Um, uh, Pastor Bobby, we uh, on the on the Avail team, on behalf of Dr. Sam Chand, Martine Van Tilborg, the whole Avail team, myself, uh, we're so thankful for your life. We honor you. Thank you for leading well and for being such a blessing. Thank you for having me. Hey, everybody, we hope you've enjoyed this conversation with Pastor Bobby Bogard. The book is Essentials, Bridging the Leadership Gap. Uh, The website is bogardgroup.com. You can get more information on Pastor Bobby and his book. And remember here at Avail, we just want to put practical, relevant leadership resources and content in your hands and in your heart so we can all get better at the art of leadership. We'll catch you next time here on the Avail Podcast. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Avail Podcast. We hope you've been challenged by this conversation with Bobby Bogard. Remember, you can connect with Bobby by going to bogardgroup.com and link.community. For more leadership resources, check us out at theartofleadership.com. And make sure to claim your free annual subscription of the Avail Journal at availjournal.com. If you'd like to connect to our growing leadership community on Facebook, visit Avail Leadership Connect. 
www.availmediahost.com. As always, I'm your Avail Media host, Virgil Sierra. Muchas gracias. Thank you for connecting with us to learn about the art of leadership here at the Avail Podcast.